Mom Podcast. I am your host, Carrie Lerner, and with me today is the lovely writer, Sean Fitzpatrick, who is based in Philadelphia. Sean, how are you today? Hey, Perry. I'm excited to be here. So uh, for the listeners, uh, we are friends too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we I didn't just find this girl, but she's pretty easy to find. She She does a lot of magical element writing um it's really cool to have watched her blossom as a writer so yeah i'm just i love sean sean stan (laughs) so uh we as of right now we are recording a couple of days after thanksgiving so how was your holiday oh it was good thanksgiving's always uh i'm i'm the one who cooks in my family so most of my thanksgiving is, is taken up with meal prep um but I, I love it. I my family are not uh, exactly great cooks. Um, okay. So I was I was happy to kind of take over that role a couple of years ago. Um, so a little bit more of a stressful holiday, but I, I've always loved Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm sure. So what's your favorite thing to cook for um, Thanksgiving? Well, I mean, I can tell you because you're you're vegan, so you'll appreciate this. My least favorite thing to cook in general is meat. Um, okay. I, I don't cook it very often. So Thanksgiving is always just like my my biggest headache um we we don't even do a turkey anymore uh it's just my my parents and me my sister moved um out to colorado uh, about a year ago so i i just started roasting chicken i'm like i'm not fucking with the turkey any longer <laughs> um so i i definitely prefer making all of the sides because i know i'm not going to undercook that and make everyone violently ill yeah it always seems like a real challenge to cook a whole turkey i do not wish that on anyone yeah, Thanksgiving's a wild holiday because it makes like a bunch of people who don't typically cook have to cook like an extremely elaborate meal that they've never really made before. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's a lot of fun when people can get a little creative, but when it's the same thing every year, it kind of can get boring, I imagine. Yeah, well, what did, what did you do? Because I, I know you typically do, I know I think you did uh, Thanksgiving with Jesse's family, but I know you and your mom usually just do a bunch of kind of like vegan sides. We do. And I actually in our last podcast, I had said that we used to do everything vegan in my family except for the turkey. Um, And my stepdad would just get a small cooked turkey situation, not like Mm -hmm. a whole thing since he was the only one eating it. Um, So last year, I we did go to Nancy to Jesse's mom's and I cooked every like all the sides on my own, basically. And brought that over. Everyone got to try some. This year, I was like, I'm not fucking around. I have like, I cannot handle all of this cooking. She says she's going to make it all vegan. So kudos, like I will just let her do it. And then it became a whole thing. And we get there. And so she she did cook a lot of vegan stuff. But first of all, she's cooking for her his brothers. And they his one brother, girlfriend, and our niece show up. Don't eat. So I'm like, okay, oh. so you're you're cooking non-vegan stuff for the people not eating. Then she serves me – she cooks the potatoes, serves me like a little bowl of cut-up potatoes, and is like, you can do what you want with this. I put dairy in the mashed potatoes, and I'm just like – are you kidding me? <laughs> now I'm responsible for I could have just made awesome mashed potatoes and brought them for everyone. Right. But I won't like rehash too much because we did go over in the last podcast, but she was just so hard to rein in and let her have like have her let me do anything, which was just absolutely infuriating because I like cooking too. Right. So 
So I bitched to Jesse and I, I said to him, I was like, maybe the tradition is I bitch about this every year and then nothing, you know, nothing changes. And then this is just, this is my tradition. Right. It's a love, it. a lovely new tradition you're starting as a family. It's insane. But next year, my parents probably will come because of so I feel like that will give me a little more edge to be like, okay, I'm cooking this stuff. Also, you are stressing everyone out. So, so well, yeah, that was my thing. And your mom's also <laughs> vegan, right? So you'll have like reinforcements for people who need vegan food. Exactly. Like she'll eat some dairy and stuff, but she leans vegan for sure. Mm-hmm. And we have all of our sides and stuff on lock. So we, we just use the same recipes every year. Perfect. I was just like, I wish this woman just sent me her recipes and was like, how do I replace this? Right. But instead, it became just just the day before Thanksgiving. I didn't do this yet. I didn't get this for her, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we could have handled this like a week ago when we asked you about it. Well, now you know in the future. Thanksgiving is going to have to be on you. But it was a lovely day overall and it was uh our daughter's first thanksgiving so she had some acorn squash that me mom made so that was fun um we also gave her peanut butter yesterday which was super exciting oh and And everything everything was okay for now she licked the table (laughs) i was like this is all i want so she really likes peanut butter she uh, yeah which is important in our household it's it's a key staple um but yeah, so we default go to Jesse's parents anyway uh, for all the holidays because, as you know, I'm Jewish, so obviously I'm not going to my parents for Christmas. Um, but I had asked you to talk about religion and witchery, the occult, because, well, it's tis the season, right? It um, is, yeah. But also we both bond over being into witchy things. And I know you're also very into Catholicism and grew up Catholic. So this just felt like a really appropriate topic to cover with you. Um, So I'm curious, what was your religious upbringing initially? And how have you kind of integrated that into your adult life? Sure. So I um, I was raised... Catholic. I was raised in a, um, a big Irish Catholic family and we were, um, we, I would say are more culturally Catholic than religiously Catholic. Um, which, uh, probably makes sense to anyone who was Catholic listening out there and maybe doesn't make sense to anybody else. Um, but we, you know, we went to, we went to mass every week. We did all the holidays, but I would not call anyone in my family, particularly, um, devout is maybe the right word or strict about it. Um, you know, my grandparents were, were definitely my, my maternal grandparents were, uh, definitely a little bit more religious, but we did not have, um, a lot of the bigotry that comes along with, okay. with Catholicism or just Christianity in general, um, in, at least in the United States. Um, so, uh, my parents are, are pretty liberal. My entire family is, you know, pro-choice, pro-gay rights. Like we, the, that kind of cultural part of, of Catholicism, um, the kind of cultural conservative parts of Catholicism were, were absent from my life, uh, thankfully. Um, Mm -hmm. so mostly we were, you know, um, go to mass when you're supposed to go to mass, um, and do a lot of the kind of, uh, weird, 
uh, superstitious Catholic things, um, which we'll touch on more when we kind of move more into the magic segment. Um, so it was uh, probably probably one of the the best ways to be raised Catholic without some of the kind of like I said conservative hangups. Okay. Yeah, I can totally relate to. Well, so Jesse it was also raised Catholic, but is very much more culturally Catholic. And I can definitely relate to that being Jewish and not really feeling a connection to the religion per se, but definitely identifying as Jewish because there is a culture mm-hmm. surrounding that. Um, and I do find that interesting because I feel that is the case with, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that does feel to be the case with Catholicism more than a lot of other Christian sects. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, we uh, as a as a Catholic person and a Jewish person, we're probably the best people to talk about this because like we are part of religions that are like highly cultural besides right. being religious. Um and I think it has a lot to do at least on the the Catholic side because um obviously like the 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 Catholic Church is an arm of colonialism, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they they were um they they went around to convert other cultures often terribly and violently. Um and uh because of that, like Catholicism can kind of look a little bit different depending on what your cultural background is. So like I introduced myself as Irish Catholic because that even though the religion is the same, it can look a little bit different from Italian Catholic or Polish Catholic or whatever it is. Um and I think that's one of the reasons it can exist as being a culture outside of just being a religion, because it tends to be tied to like your uh, your ethnic identity as well. That's very interesting. So my stepdad was Irish Catholic. So I guess I grew up around that. He wasn't super religious either, but we go to midnight mass um, mm-hmm. during Christmas. And I remember every year I'd be like, I will, I'll go with you and then conk out. But (laughs) it always the idea of religions in general always fascinated me. At one point, I wanted to be a rabbi, like insane to think about now. But but you know what? It makes sense because you are very into the sort of spiritual elements of other things. So there, you know, uh, there is that kind of appeal. It's it's less like, oh, you really want it to be super religious. But I think it's more like you just want it to be closer to these sort of like mystical aspects of it. Exactly. No, that is very true. And I did start getting without getting too far ahead of ourselves. I did start getting into quote unquote Wicca in, uh, I guess, in high school, because I feel like that's when it got trendy. Obviously, Wicca is problematic. And I have since moved away from that. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like maybe I wouldn't have looked for an alternative quote unquote religion or spiritual journey if I wasn't raised so Jewish or so religious, I guess. I mean, we weren't super uh conservative or anything like that. You know, I I did have a bat mitzvah. I went to Hebrew school, but I think a lot of that was more because my mother didn't get that opportunity because, you know, when she was a kid, women weren't really given the same opportunities as men in in probably any religion but particularly in judaism too so like her brother got to have a bar mitzvah and be celebrated and she didn't get that so she wanted that for me um and we'd go for you know the holidays and whatever but the second i was done with hebrew school like i did not step foot in it synagogue again until (laughs) my cousin's bat mitzvah and i was like 21 by that point so 
that was a whole that was very interesting experience for me. And I keep saying I want to like check out a service uh, because it's been so long and I want to take Jesse and I want, you know, I I want our daughter to experience a little bit of it, um, partly because, again, it's a culture, but partly so she can make a decision about what kind of spiritual path she wants to take. Um, well, with a with a Catholic father and a Jewish mother, you know she'll feel guilty regardless of what totally going to be all the guilt. Oh, please! I mean, the ongoing joke is like, "Mommy will never forgive you for being born before the Nine Inch Nails concert." <laughs> I mean, she will just never live that down. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 and it's interesting trying to figure out what our traditions are going to look like now. Like, what are some of the traditions for Christmas? So I, I, you're very into Christmas, I know. So when does the, when does the Christmas season start for you? Uh, Christmas typically starts for us right like now, like right after Thanksgiving. Um, so we, we got the tree, um, we've like decorated the house, um, growing up, that was always like Thanksgiving weekend was the, you know, the kickoff of the season. We didn't listen to the music before. We didn't watch the movies before, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, I could get on board with that because some people are like hardcore, like November 1st. And I'm like, no, no, we still in spooky season. Sorry. I, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's way too soon. I need a, I need a, I need a buffer, um, before, you know, moving in from Halloween to, to Christmas. Um, but again, most of our, uh, most of our traditions are cultural, not religious we do go to christmas eve mass um but that is uh that is more because you're uh, contractually obligated as a catholic to go to christmas eve mass um right they, they take your card away if you don't <laughs> um but otherwise you know our christmas is is purely christmas movies and music and you know if uh uh obviously some christmas music is inherently religious um but that is just a um uh, that's just by coincidence for us. Uh, we we were not a family that like focused a ton on the. Uh, oh my god, what did, what did conservatives say? Like the reason for the season. Oh geez. Um. Yes, we Let's are. Put we, the Christ back in I, Christmas. I, I was, yes, I was just about to say we were not a put the Christ back in Christmas family. <laughs> we were perfectly fine with Santa Claus. Um. So yeah, so it's uh you know now that I'm I I've been with my um my husband for for two years we've been dating for about eight and a half so we have our own traditions and again those are all like let's go see the Macy's Scrooge Village and tree and go to the you know Love Park Christmas Village and things like that um so we've uh, uh we've built our own traditions and now I also try to do um you know if like a a meal or something for for the solstice that's sort of quieter and more reflective, you know, before you get into the, the couple days of Christmas itself. Right. I love that. Yeah. I was actually going to ask what were some of the traditions that you and your husband have integrated into your lives as you've become a couple, because your husband is, I assume, Roman Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's Italian Catholic. So, and as you had discussed earlier, those are obviously those comes with come with different traditions. Um, so what do you guys both bring from your your own families into into your what's the word I'm looking for? I guess melded family. Yeah, so we do. Um, his family does a kind of a bridge version of the seven fishes uh, for Christmas Eve, which is uh, very much like a culturally uh, Italian thing. 
Um, so we go over there for that. And that's always really fun. And then he comes to a Christmas dinner with my um, big family down in, in Wildwood Crest. Um, so that's really nice. We're able to kind of see everybody's family over the course of it. And then for our own traditions, um, like I said, I have, you know, gotten him in a little bit more into some of the the witchier cult aspects of the season. Love so, it. Yeah. So we'll do, um, we'll make some sort of uh, very like homey, but a little, maybe a little bit more elaborate meal for, um, for the solstice. Um, we also, uh, one of my favorite things that we do that we have kind of incorporated, it, it's a, it's an Icelandic tradition um, where you uh, buy books for each other on Christmas Eve. So we, oh my uh, goodness, that's yeah. awesome and perfect for you guys. Yes. I could not tell you the name of this holiday. If you like paid me, it's a million <laughs> letters and all of them of are course. like L's and K's and J's. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we go to um, a bookstore that we really love in South Philly called a novel idea. And we like each pick out a book and then buy it for each other. Um, and so that's been like a very nice tradition that we've started over the last couple of years. I love that. Um, shout out to a novel idea idea in South Philly and also the Spiral Bookcase in Maniac. They are both great independent bookstores, super witchy based, but have, you know, your regular books too. It's not like you're going to walk in and there's, you know, just spell books and that's it. Um, but those are both great bookstores to check out if yes. you're looking for, you know, even like tarot cards or anything. Yeah, I believe that. I know I know Christina, who's one of the co-owners of Novel Idea, is a witch. I believe the person who runs uh, Sparrow Bookcase is as well. So you're you are supporting local witches every time you go in. Yeah. And they're both just such lovely places to be. You feel like you could curl up with a book there. Yes. Um. So back to Santa Claus. Ha- I know that you know, we've discussed you guys having kids at some point. Do you know where you fall on the Santa Claus spectrum? Oh, they will believe in Santa Claus. Okay. I, Santa Claus is so fun. This is like a hard argument Jesse and I have because I'm like, let's have Santa Claus, but also have her know that it's not real. But again, I have a bit more of a leg to stand on because I'm Jewish and I'm like, okay, I was scared right. about the tooth fairy coming in at night. <laughs> My mom had a tell me it was her in order for me to not freak out so we're like on the fence so the joke is that we're gonna tell her that she needs to pretend santa claus is real because daddy doesn't know that santa claus is real i I mean shout out shout out to all of the little jewish kids who really held it down for (laughs) catholic kids like me believing in santa claus for so long i don't know how you did it dude i was gonna say because jesse's like oh um you know what? She's going to go tell everyone Santa isn't real. I'm like, no, those are the asshole Catholic kids who find out and think that they have won over on everyone. I'm like, I kept a secret for my my Catholic stepsister. I think she can handle it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. You've, you've really like you, you, the. You are truly the backbone of the Christmas holiday for many children. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So is there um a pagan thing about Santa like how did that come to be um so I know obviously there is uh there is a Catholic Saint Saint Nicholas um who you know was uh probably the basis for Santa Claus um or at least some some form of it obviously all of these characters are mixed up with a bunch of different you know cultural representations that kind of get melded together um so I you know if you are like very Catholic, like much more Catholic than my family is. Um, uh, St. Nicholas Day is actually, I think, the four, the 
it's either the fourth or the sixth. And I know this because Krampus Day is the fifth. Okay. Um, And I know that because I was married on Krampus Day. Yes. Um, <laughs> Krampus Krampus. I don't really know how what the correct pronunciation of it is. Um, I mean, and, better than me who just says Krampus. So you're good. I, that might be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What's the what's the Philadelphia way of saying that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so that is so it, it is it is it is either before or right after uh, Krampus Day. And I don't remember which one it is. Um, but basically because Krampus is supposed to be uh, in, I think, like Germanic uh, folklore is like the the shadow of St. Nicholas. He takes away the bad St. Nicholas uh, gives gifts to the good people and the Krampus takes the bad people to hell, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, Catholicism is so wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, so on St. Nicholas Day, that's when like kids would leave out socks or shoes or whatever, and they would get little candies and small, you know, small gifts and things like that. And I know there are some, um, you know, very Catholic families who do their gift giving on St. Nicholas Day mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the, the 25th. Um, but, uh, we were never, we were never like that. So, uh, uh, so I, I do think that is partly the basis of Santa Claus, but obviously that myth has expanded so much. And, um, I'm, I'm sure there are other cultural elements that play into it. Right. So of course, being Jewish, you know, we had to make sure that we weren't left out too. So the, they tried to do Hanukkah Harry, which I think is I re- the most ridiculous thing. Oh my God. It's so absurd. We were never a Hanukkah Harry family. However, we did do, you know, obviously presents, which came because all you Christian kids were getting gifts. So Capitalism, baby. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. But it was funny because my parents are divorced and all my friends, the few, Jew- all my friends, the few Jewish friends I had, I had like three <laughs> once I, I had a lot in Philly, but once I moved to Jersey, I had far less, but all my friends thought I would get like double the presents. And I'm like, oh no, my parents actually get out of this a little bit because they only need to give me a present on the day I'm with them. So they right, don't even need to switch. Dude, I remember talk about me being a Philly kid one year. I mean, and this is obviously not (laughs) – this person's been canceled, I guess, now too. But my mom got me both Will Smith CDs, Willennium and Big Willie Style. I got one on each day because I was, like, obsessed with Will Smith. I'm surprised that, like, little Philly kids aren't just, like, Will Smith brings you your presents every year. (laughs) He actually comes into your home and he gives you his CDs. And that that is the wonder of Christmas. That would would track – I don't know those that is the only like Hanukkah present that has truly stuck with me. I love that. Um, I love picturing your mom being like, what does Perry want? And then going out to like Best Buy or whatever and purchasing you those CDs. Dude, it was probably Tower Records at that point. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Like crazy. But yeah, so those are the ones I distinctly remember. Although so I have a menorah that means a lot to me. It is a porcelain ballerina because I used to do dance and she's just like doing a split on the menorah and my mom that sounds dirty it's not no I I can I know I know what you're saying but my mom gave it to us last year and Jesse fell asleep on the couch kicked it off the table and broke it and I was like I woke up like crying like what happened he's like oh my god I I should have told you last night, but yeah. So he actually brought it to 
a place where he's from in Jersey and got it fixed. And we just got it back in time. And we're like, okay, let's just like, it's, it looks perfect. But I was like, let's make sure her head was off. Like it was just, (laughs) it was horrifying. I was like my childhood, this is terrible. Um, But yeah, so we will light Hanukkah candles this year, but it does suck. And my mom feels the same way of like feeling like you can't put them in the window anymore. Yes. Because there are crazy people out there and there's a lot of anti-Semitism going on right now. Um, So, and obviously, you know, Kanye Yee or whatever he goes by, like didn't help things. And it just kind of exploded. No, I would um, say he, he opposite of helped things. No. He, yeah. Uh... yeah. He, he ruined things. Um, no, but that's been a little hard. And that's truly why I hesitate going into a synagogue too. I mean, oh yeah, totally. It's, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, so circling into how Catholic traditions kind of reflect paganism and like the more earthly religions, um, I know, so it's quote unquote, a monotheistic religion but <laughs> is it <laughs> y'all y'all have some crazy things going on uh so you want to talk about like the saints and how that kind of kind of feels a little not like polytheistic in a way yes um and i i want to i want to preface i know i mentioned this a little bit earlier but obviously like catholicism just regularly does just the the worst shit in the world um and i i do i do want to acknowledge it because i think for definitely for me and a lot of other people like it is it is very complicated to have been raised catholic and to you know still be catholic or practicing in any way or you know it it is a little bit of a juggling act you know between being like hey these were the things i was raised with these are things that are like culturally very very important to me um especially you know as someone who was raised irish catholic obviously uh being catholic in in ireland has like a a long and often very like bloody history right um so it 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 is something that is has always been important for me to hold on to while also acknowledging that just like every like everything is so bad well i'm Um, sure you have it it helps coming from a more liberal family too to be able to kind of stare that in the face and acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think like everything else, there is a a huge difference when you look at, you know, the Catholic church and the things that they say and talking to a run of the mill Catholic person, Um, especially because like I grew up in in Jersey where, you know, everyone it seems is culturally Catholic, but maybe not the most religiously Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was like not really um, like any cognitive dissonance that I ever had because I was like, all of my friends are in CCD with me, but like, Half of them are gay and like everybody's cool. Do you know what I mean? Right. I was going to say, I feel like a further complication of that where you're saying a lot of people are culturally Catholic, but not religiously is a lot of the bigotry almost comes from more from a cultural side. I mean, obviously it is a religious aspect, but there, I think there are plenty of people out there who probably have not stepped foot in a church in years, but are like gays are bad and they're going to hell. Totally. And like, Um, I know with Judaism, like right now there is a big, so Jewish people I feel like are typically left leaning, but right now because the right is, yeah, Israel, 
a lot of Jews, they are like single issue voters on Israel. And that obviously comes from evangelicals thinking. Uh, well, I say obviously, but obviously these Jews do not realize it, that part of the reason why evangelicals are pro-Israel is because they think all the Jews have to go there to die to fulfill prophecy. Oh, no, you, absolutely. It is, uh, I mean, cr- Christianity, and I, I actually mean this kind of judgment-free, it is a death cult. Like, it mm-hmm. is, that is what the religion is. Um, and, you know, that, that like, sounds really, like, metal and scary, but it's, like, it, it really is <laughs> Or Jonestown. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds very Jonestown. Um, uh, but it's not. It's just, like, it is, it is a religion that is, like, very focused on death. Um, and... Uh, that is a big thing for evangelicals. Yeah. Um, the idea, it's always so wild when I, when I do see, um, you know, them, uh, being so, so pro Israel. Cause I'm like, you guys don't give a shit. You guys don't yeah. give a shit. You're just like, the apocalypse has to happen. They all have to go there. And that's what sucks is so many Jews being like, but Israel, it's like, okay, well the left still supports Jews also aren't anti-Semitic. I mean, I'm sure some of them are because whatever. Because every yeah, yeah, exactly. But like that is not their their you know cry. It's not their you know yeah down with the Jews. But there is one side that is definitely saying that often. It's just yeah. So that I struggle with that too. And watching that, and you know, a lot of the you know retiring Jews in Florida, they're all they're all voting for you know right-wing candidates and isn't that classic to vote against your own interests oh i mean we're we're two women talking right right we see that all the time um but yeah so just wanted to wanted to get that out of the way before i get um, that i yeah uh but so catholicism paganism um so what is uh what is super interesting because you said like you say you're monotheistic but like you have like eight billion saints um so there are uh other kind of branches of christianity that are sort of like mm, are you guys christian yeah um which i always thought was uh, growing up in an area that was almost like mostly predominantly catholic um that wasn't something i ever really knew cuz i didn't know i didn't know a ton of protestants or like same these evangelicals like new jersey is just like catholic central yep um obviously they exist but in the the little area that i was in it was i think because it was your kind of like, um, like ethnic makeup was largely, it was like Irish, it was Italian, it was Hispanic, it was Filipino. So like those, those are all kind of cultures that Catholicism has a heavy presence in. Um, so it wasn't until I was like older and kind of like had talked to a couple of friends who were raised in other areas and like kind of more, um, like Protestant areas who were like, no, we think you guys are super weird. (laughs) Like everything you (laughs) do is so so strange to us. Um, and I think that's because like in, in Catholicism, I mean, obviously like all religion has a mystical aspect because you are right. talking about, you know, being uh, involved with some sort of deity. Um, I, I do think Catholicism wears its mysticism a little bit more on its sleeve. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. So and the the line between religion in general and I think especially Catholicism and and magic is just paper thin, um, you know, Again, I said earlier, the, the Catholic Church is a colonizer and they were going into all of these different cultures because they wanted to convert them. And to make that conversion easier, 
they adopted a lot of the practices and the holidays of the people they wanted to convert. And those people were typically um, pagan or just, uh, you know, once you pagan, if you're kind of talking about the more like European countries that they converted, um, or obviously, you know, as they sort of spread to different parts of, of Asia, they were incorporating a lot of those sort of Eastern beliefs. Um, and that's why you get this kind of weird hodgepodge of, uh, of, of paganism and, and Christianity. So I think of the, so the Catholic saints are, um, basically people who, uh, you know, lived some sort of holy life and then upon their death, uh, started performing miracles. Okay. So, so to become a saint, so theoretically anyone could be a saint, you know, theoretically, right? Um, and and typically, how you go through this whole process within the Catholic Church of becoming a saint, and so usually it's like you have to be able to prove that I think like two or three miracles can be attributed to you. So that'll be people who are like, I I touched like she died and I touched her shirt and suddenly I wasn't blind anymore. Okay, and and that shit happens all the time. Right. right. I prayed. I prayed to this person and I could walk again. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, and, and the Catholic Church is like, and they did it all by the grace of God. But it's like, clearly <laughs> there is like a magical element. To right. That. Right. Um, and it, you know, and you can still there are still relics. Um, So like if I wanted to, I could go pray in front of St. Anthony's finger bone and pray that my illness be cured. OK, and that is like a a normal thing Mm -hmm. like I can't I can't stress enough that like to a Catholic I'm like that's not weird like I get I get fucking jazzed when I'm like traveling somewhere in Europe and they have like relics I'm like yes I want to see this random scene's kneecap (laughs) that sounds awesome oh my god that's so funny I'm like how does Jesus feel about it well in Catholicism he is (laughs) cool with it these are like his buds um so uh, you know you regularly like I I grew up in a family where we prayed to the saints all the time. I, my husband makes fun of me so bad. Um, but if you've ever seen, have you ever watched Dairy Girls? I haven't. Should I? Okay. It's very, very funny, but it, it is about like, like a Catholic family in Northern Ireland. Okay. And like, they will just make comments where like, they'll lose something. And the mom will be like, we have to pray to St. Anthony right now. Which I hear all the time. I, my mother, if you lose something in her house, she will not even help you look for it until you say a prayer to St. Anthony. Cause she's like, you're not serious about this. If oh you're my not God, bringing that's him so in. funny. If you're not bringing Tony in, you're not serious about finding this <laughs> object. Or like, if like anything happens, I'll be like, I'll light a candle to whatever saint is appropriate for this. Because every saint has like a, a, a saints are, are like, deities everyone has you know things that they're kind of in control over right well I remember I think it was you telling me about putting Trump in the freezer well like a picture of Trump oh so that actually is not Catholic that I learned that is magic but I learned that from my Catholic mother-in-law okay maybe that's why I thought it was Catholic yes I yes so that is a that is just a classic freezing spell okay um you put a (laughs) you you put a, a picture or a name with a you know a piece of paper with a name written on it or something um fill it put it in a container fill it with water fill it with salt stick it in your freezer um, don't take it out until they've stopped doing whatever it is you wanted them to stop doing. Right. Um, and I learned that because my husband found a picture of like his uncle and his mother in his mother's freezer. <laughs> uh, because again, there is there is no line. The line does not exist between that magic so and funny. Catholicism. Um, 
Uh, yeah. So we, uh, so we have the saints and uh, at least some of these saints, we are pretty sure are actually just local deities that they kind of brought into the fold. Um, so okay. St. So Bridget, who is one of the like most famous saints of Ireland, mm-hmm. um, she is very likely the goddess Bridget, um, who anyone who was involved in paganism, she's she's one of the big names you've probably heard of her. Yeah. Um, they have an almost identical um like background story, the things that they are um, you know, always kind of shown in relation to are are the same, the like the kind of like sacred flame, things like that. Um, they're both very like hearth centric. Um, right. and, and I mean, St. Bridget's feast day is in bulk, which is the feast of, of Bridget, the goddess. Right. So they are, oh, they are almost, they're almost definitely the same person that the Catholic church was just like, I see you really like this person. We'll make her a saint <laughs> so you can feel better about still praying to her. Mm, that makes sense. So, so Christmas obviously falls around Yule. And at this point it is well known that that is not Jesus's actual birthday. Now, is that like a more modern thing that we know, or did they just move G- like quote unquote Jesus's birthday around Yule for that same reason? I'm assuming they did. We have absolutely no idea, right? If, if Jesus, you know, even was a historical thing, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll speak in a more logical term, right? I, <laughs> if he, if he was alive, we have absolutely no idea where when he was born, whatever, right? Um, it was almost certainly just moved then to make it easier for uh because people were already used to having a big celebration around this time they were not willing to give that up so they were just like we'll co-opt your celebration that makes sense something that's interesting for me is even though like i did celebrate christmas with my step family is celebrating yule and feeling like i'm doing christian things even though they are like pagan it's just a very weird thing to come to terms with of it's okay that you know i i have a tree even though we have a tree because it's christmas and i love the smell but Mm -hmm. or uh you know making uh like palmanders or i'm trying to think what else like having having a log it's just so strange that I, i still have it in my head of I'm doing something wrong in a way. Like I need to like get over that hump when I'm celebrating Yule in particular. And that's what's so funny about the like keep the Christ in Christmas people because it's like you're just doing pagan shit. Totally. It's interesting to hear about there's a little bit of that in Judaism, the crossover of paganism. But for the most part, there is very little because a big thing about Judaism is they were trying to keep pagan rituals out and that is why you know we don't worship symbols like we don't pray Mm -hmm. to symbols we don't pray to other things um other beings because very that is very much a big aspect of being jewish is you pray to god there is no visual aspect of him um you know the the jewish star definitely you know, it's a symbol, quote unquote, of Judaism, but definitely not in the same way that the cross is um, to Catholicism. So it, it is very interesting seeing how similar Catholicism in particular is with those original earthly based religions. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, Perry, if you've ever 
like had to go to a Catholic church for like a wedding or I have you have. Okay. So it's exhausting. It's, uh, I mean, there's so many ups and downs, <laughs> but, um, uh, it is, uh, especially if you go to, you know, an, an older church or if you've ever like gone through the churches in Europe, you'll mm-hmm. see, they're just like, we love a little statue. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um, the candles. Oh my God. Y'all smells, have tons of candles. Bells and bells. We love incense. We love candles. Um, there's just, there's just shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's incredible. I, I was in Sicily this year and something I had never seen, even in like an Italian church was, um, they actually have full-size coffins with like a statue of like the, the dead Christ in them. Whoa. And I was like, this is fucking rules. This is so cool. Oh my God. And it's that's like, crazy. And it's like, gross he's like covered in blood his like bones are sticking out it's like really <laughs> really grotesque and of course I was like I need I need one of these immediately right, like this right. is so cool um but, spooky adult self that you are yes um <laughs> but it, it it is like it it is kind again I, I grew up with it so I didn't I didn't find it weird but it is sort of shocking um just how pagan a catholic church is um and you can i mean you can go in deeper we i only go to regular mass you can go to latin mass which is like even more heavily incensed and candles um i had read if like you can find someone who will give your kid like a traditional baptism they perform like three exorcisms on them which i was like i was like nick we gotta find we gotta find one of these guys (laughs) that's fun three exorcism that's amazing that is yeah, that is wild. I've been to a, a lot of Catholic church, well, churches in general in Europe. And mm-hmm. yeah, they're always over the top, especially with how boring, for lack of a better word, that synagogues can be. Because again, like we're not into symbolism, mm-hmm. but you know, you have all the stained glass depicting, you know, Mary and Jesus and the birth. And I mean, it is really something to behold, to be honest. And, and we all, I mean, I mean, most, most Catholic families I know, I, I certainly have some, like I have statues just in my house, like small that I keep on my personal altar. Um, it, that is like super, super common to like bring those images. I, I mean, obviously like tons of people have crosses, um, but to like bring those images into your home as well, not just like in your, your worship place. Yeah. So there is like an interesting movement called Semitic Neopaganism where, it's basically Jews worshiping other deities and the goddess and divine feminism and stuff like that, which side note, very interesting how divine feminism is starting to become put women in their place kind of thing. And, you is know, it, could because uh, I'm could you speak to that more? I'm, I'm so I'm starting to see a lot of. Uh, domestic uh, emphasis, birth emphasis. Oh, I yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and it is. And I think that's also similar to a lot of, you know, women who have more of a natural, uh, like, direction to parenting kind mm-hmm. of start to go to, more to the right in terms of political uh direction because they're like oh women are meant to give 
birth and, you know, therefore you are killing a life force and kind of manipulating the, again, the divine feminism. And it's unfortunate because I do identify with that and I hate seeing it co-opted into something that is pretty much anti-women. Yeah, that's, that is really interesting. You obviously also hear that a lot in you know, like Christian mommy blogger type oh, type of thing. Um, and it's always so frustrating to me because it's like on, you know, on one on one very small hand, like I it, it's like I, I know what you're saying, but it's yeah. like the problem is capitalism. Right. Not whatever you're talking about. Right. Like the, the problem is that like these domestic roles are really important, but like under capitalism, we've decided that they can't be commodified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why like women have been stuck with them. So they're, you know, we, we basically decide what labor is dignified and what labor gets payment. Um, right. and traditional domestic labor does not get any of those things. Right. So it's like, those things are really important, but the issue is that like, we are not given credit or, um, support for them. Right. And you, you know, I, I totally understand people who feel that being a mother is their calling, but let's not pretend that that's the only way to get in touch with our feminine side is oh, yeah. by doing that. And that's what a lot of these crunchy mom Christian often people are saying. And it it, it scares me that, you know, people who are going to be interested in witchcraft may come across that and might not be able to like, distinguish the issue and might just fall into that trap it also worries me that it i like i think that you know the christian mommy blogger is like the the very famous example of it but like you do see it in paganism and that makes me really nervous as well in the same way that you see like the anti-vax movement take a hold in you know within these more like pagan circles yes and Again, it's like the hippies almost becoming so hippie. Yes. And those, again, are like those single issues that they vote on. And they're usually the same people who are – I had to explain this to Jesse in our last podcast because he was like, this is wild that, you know, a lot of these people who lean towards natural parenting are are anti-vax because, you know, my body and also I don't want to put unnatural things, quote unquote, into my kids. Forget that they're doing it all the time, maybe without realizing it, but they are. Mm-hmm. They also are like, but you can't have abortions. And again, that's just so anti-women. Yes. To, to be t- taking away that that right for people. Yeah. And I've, I have been in kind of like female centric um more like magical spaces. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I didn't go back to this one in particular because that was like, we were like kind of edging up on that vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just, just like, again, not to, I don't, I don't mean to like sound like a huge bitch, but like the person <laughs> leading it, I was like, your kids are not vaccinated. Like, let's, oh I, my God. Like I, I can pretty, I would put money on that one. You just um, fucking know, don't you? Just, sometimes you just know. but uh, well that's the other thing is they oh man I like totally lost where I was going with that because there there's uh, there's something else that a lot of mommies are 
like, no, no, don't do that. I mean, they're just so judgmental too, right? And yeah, it's just uh so un you know unprocessed food, blah blah blah. Forget the fact that cooking is like you know a process. Everything is basically a process. Food I know. At this point. It's just so judgmental, and it's like no, it makes it uninviting for other people who want to belong in those spaces. Um. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. That a lot. This isn't about uh, you know, mommy culture so much. This is about the more divine feminine culture of they start brushing with turf territory. Oh yes, and being anti-trans of like this isn't really a woman, and that becomes a whole thing. And oh my god, it's just it's exhausting to watch these people do this when. Like, is it even really directly affecting them? Right. So the lesson at the end of the day is everyone can be bad if you try hard enough. Yeah, seriously. Um, And it's really weird, too, because a lot of TERFs will be like, oh, but it's okay for trans men because they were women. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, can everyone just be a feminist if they want to be? Like, TERFs are just... I mean, that's uh, I I I co-host a Harry Potter podcast, so we obviously talk about TERFs quite a lot um and it is just the most they're the most frustrating people yeah seriously um but i know another thing you practice is you you pull tarot cards Mm -hmm. i do i know that there is a lot of uh traditionally christian uh imagery in them as well yeah uh tarot is great i started a tarot practice about two years ago and i um, I haven't been I haven't been great at keeping up this year. This was uh, just a, a busy year. Um, I didn't get to do a lot of the sort of more spiritual things that I typically try to do throughout the year. Um, so hoping to get, hoping to get back to that next uh, in 2023. But um, yeah, what I what I love about tarot, and I guess specifically, we're talking about like the Rider Waite Smith deck, um, right? That that kind of original tarot deck, um, it, because it does incorporate so many elements from religion from cultures obviously you look at any given card and there's clear christian symbolism there is you know um egyptian symbols um they're they're just this kind of beautiful hodgepodge um well i guess one could one could say beautiful hodgepodge or one could say um uh appropriation yes (laughs) Uh, you know and that's i mean uh, uh, we could talk about appropriation in pagan spaces for oh, the next yeah. three hours yep. if we wanted to. Uh, so we can probably just acknowledge that it's it's happening. It's often very bad. Um, yeah. Think think about what you're doing in your practice and whether you have the the right to these uh, uh, to these practices. But absolutely. Um, but yeah, actually, one of my uh, favorite or uh, not not necessarily my favorite tarot to pull, but one of my favorite in terms of like the the Christian imagery um, is uh you know, either the, the three of hearts, which looks like a, a sacred heart, um, which are, uh, uh, Christian imagery that I, I've always really loved. Um, there's the, the three different hearts with the kind of the flames, they often have flowers or barbed wire looking, they're like thorns wrapped around them. Right. Um, um, and they, they usually have so- like a couple of them have swords sticking out of them. Um, or the, um, I think it's the, the high priestess, which looks uh, exactly like one of my favorite um, statues in uh, the the cloisters, the Met cloisters, which is, you know, uh, Mary robed, robed in the sun and standing on a crescent moon, um, right. which is very, you know, very, very similar to what the, the high priestess card looks like. 
Yes. I believe there's a there's a Philly tarot deck, and I believe in that one, the high priestess is Terry Gross, which I am partial to. I so I I have so I I made the mistake. I wish I had learned on the traditional Rider Waite Smith deck. Um that is now the one that I, I buy for people if they want to learn tarot. Um yes. because because every time you're looking up a, a, a you know interpretation of a card, like they're all going off of the symbolism in the Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, I learned on the Philly tarot deck. Um, that Which was the- isn't, that's not a terrible deck to learn off of because it is so heavily influenced by the writer it, Wade Smith. It is. I think that the, uh, the, one of the major issues I've had with it, and this is just, um, you know, something that can happen because there's so many sort of novelty decks out there. Yes. Um, and a lot of them are, are super fun and great. And like, I, I own a couple of them. Um, I, I use a, a, you know, a more novelty deck as my primary deck, but, um, there are sometimes two, um, fit what the card is called they will use an image that is not in keeping with what the card means so i'm thinking i think it's the oh maybe it's the justice card one of them in the tarot deck in the philly tarot deck is like the the image is the penitentiary like eastern state penitentiary oh yeah um but it like so you you like turn that card over and you're like oh fuck like yeah like what is this um and it like does not match up and and the the meaning of the card is like much softer uh, right. than that. So I have I have had issues um, with the Philly Tarot deck where I was like, okay, this like, uh, what this card means and what image you have chosen are like, maybe not, do not line up the best. Yes. That being said, uh, ones like the, like the death card are a little more fun to get because I believe it's Edgar it's, Allan it's Poe. Poe. Yes. And that's like, that's fun. Um, and the devil is gritty. The fool is Philly yes. fanatic. So like Philly those fanatic. are super yeah. fun. Yeah. And there are certain things about like, maybe not so much, uh, actual symbols, but like the positions that they're put in and stuff like that, are that identical, are yeah. the same, uh, like the Philly fanatic almost stepping off of something, mm-hmm. you know, is very similar to the fool. Um, but I actually, so I had learned on this deck called Shadowscapes, which is absolutely gorgeous. It is a bunch of fairy imagery, but absolutely nothing. It is a very advanced deck to learn on in that regard mm-hmm. of it is hard to interpret because the idea of, you know, the Rider Waite Smith deck and decks ba- heavily based off the imagery of that is that you are able to kind of figure out on your own what these things might mean. And that is much harder in a deck like this, mm-hmm. where it's just very artistic, creative interpretation. Um, so while beautiful to look at, definitely not the best deck to learn on. Um, I will say a great deck if you are interested in an alternative to the Rider Waite Smith deck is uh Modern Witches. Have you seen that deck? I I have seen that one. Yes, that is the one I buy for people. Uh, because I do feel it is very empowering and it reimagines all of the cards for a more you know modern take on it, and you can see, you know, black people in it, trans people, um. You see things like phones on cards and stuff like that. And I feel like it is it it is a good way to interpret it into a modern time, whereas maybe you wouldn't get that same uh, interpretation on a traditional card. 
Yeah, my favorite that I use is um, the Tarot of the Divine, Okay. which uh, which is a deck that is all based on um, kind of global fairy tales and folklore. I love that. That sounds awesome. It is. I I will. I'll send you some pictures after this. It's they're absolutely beautiful. Um, and as someone, I um, I, I work as a writer and on the side, I I write fiction. Um, so uh. I write typically like fantasy and fairy tale inspired fiction. So uh, it also, you know, for me, it is easier for me to identify and decipher some of these cards um, uh, because I, I have a little bit more of, uh, you know, uh, an understanding of uh, and maybe like I don't not an instinct for it. That's not the right word, but they like the appeal to my instincts, I guess, maybe is what Mm -hmm. right is a better way of saying that. Um And it is, uh, it's, it's just beautiful. I, I really love some of the interpretations. So like, uh, death is sleeping beauty, um, oh which I, which I think really, ch it changes the meaning, but not in a bad way. You start to see it more as like a rest card, yeah. um, which I really, I really like. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just like a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeously illustrated, um, deck that I would highly recommend. Um, so there are obviously different ways to use tarot. Uh, how do you choose to use it? I was just about to ask you this question. Um, yeah, because I, I think people like <laughs> in movies and things like that think of tarot as like, a, oh, you're you're telling the future. yes. Um, that is not how I particularly use it. I, I don't do divination in any um, part of my practice. I know people do. And that's like, that's totally cool. That just isn't, uh, that isn't for me. So I take it more as like a meditative approach. Um, so when I'm, when I'm like, commit it into a practice and I'm doing it correctly. Um, I will like pull a card every Monday and just sort of like sit with it. Um, I, you know, I even kind of incorporate it into, again, these larger spiritual beliefs where I'll just sort of like be like, okay, like whatever, you know, whoever's up there, like, what do you want me to think about this week? Okay. Um, and then I'll, I'll pull it and I'll just kind of like, I'll try not to take what my first instinct is and I'll kind of just try to like sit with it and keep going back to it throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, sort of reflect on like, okay, what happened this week? How can I, how can I use this card and its various meanings to understand some of that? I love that. So I, again, similar to you, I have definitely fallen off of my practice this year because of all the craziness going on. And I really look forward to getting back to that in 2023. Um, a weekly pull is probably a good idea because I used to do a daily pull, which is obviously a little harder to do every day. And I feel like, at least for me, when I don't do something every day that I set out to, it becomes easier with each day to skip it. Yeah. And then just to stop doing it all together. So I think I will try that. But I would do a similar thing where every morning I would pull a card and I would just kind of see what, you know, how I should maybe deal with something that came to me throughout the day. And sometimes those cards would be relevant that I pulled and sometimes they weren't, but it would help me kind of reflect back on, oh, I pulled this card. Maybe I should try this approach with this, not even necessarily problem, but just choice I'm faced throughout the day or dealing with a specific person like a boss or something. Um, so that's how I would use tarot. And it was really cool when the card would absolutely reflect something. Yeah. 
Um, I remember pulling the death card on the anniversary of my stepdad's death. And I was, I remember thinking to myself, hmm, I don't typically take this card literally, but I think today I should be reflecting in death and what that means and how, you know, thinking about my stepdad more. And it was very interesting to have that be such a literal meaning because it's usually not. Yeah. I, um, one of my kind of favorite tarot moments, cause sometimes I'll also just pull if I'm like, ah, I'm like thinking about something or I'm like trying to make a decision. Let's just like, I don't know. Let's see what a card says. Right. Like it doesn't mean I'm going to like do, I'm going to use that to like make my decision, but let's just like see what's up. Right. So last year I was thinking about, um, starting to apply for new jobs and, I was like, oh, let's, I, I don't know. I was like very kind of on the fence about it. And I was like, let's, let's see what's up. Um, And I, I pulled the fool. So okay. new beginnings, adventure, like trying things. And I was like, you know what? Okay. Like that I don't pull the fool super often. Um, Like I, you know, I had shuffled really well. Like I'm going to, I'm going to take this as, uh, you know, a sign. Um, And then so to mix that with my Catholicism, I was like, okay, if I'm going to start applying for jobs, I am going to say, I'm going to say a novena to St. Uh, um, Joseph, who is patron saint of workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a novena is like a nine day, pr- you say the same prayer every day for nine days. Okay. It's supposed to be like a, like super powered prayer, mm-hmm. right? You like charge it up. Okay. So, so I was like, okay. What if you hold- miss a day? Do you have to start over? I think you have to start over. Okay. Um, but it's only nine days. So it's like not, it's like not crazy. Right. Um. So I, so I was like, okay. I, so I pulled the card. I started the novena. I started applying for jobs within the the nineties that I had, you know, had had said that that novena. Um, I had two interviews and I got a job offer two days after it finished. Wow! And I was just like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I've applied for a lot of jobs before and have not heard back from them. And like I had the I had the double whammy of Catholicism and witchcraft, and I had a job like two days later. So I had a very <laughs> Deviating a little way from tarot, I had a I had a similar thing where I Jesse and I were looking for a house. I guess almost two years ago at this point. Yeah, actually, we started our house journey two years ago, and we were just getting really frustrated. And you know, in November we were like very blasé. You know, we we weren't up against uh, when our our lease was up, but by April we were starting to get nervous. And we had seen a house we liked. Uh, spoiler alert, we're in it now. But Jesse loved it. And we had made a few offers. Given it was 2021, we didn't make nearly as many offers as a lot of other people did. We made like four. So the mm-hmm. fact that we only got rejected from a few was not a, was pretty impressive. But still, it definitely like weighs on you. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just say a prayer to Hestia, um, who is the Greek goddess of the hearth. I'm going to, you know, put my, make my altar for her. And I printed up pictures of this house and put it on her altar and just told her to guide us. And if this is the right house, then, you know, put us in this house. And if not guide us to another house and we freaking got the offer accepted and we, like I said, we are now in the house. So we actually have a uh, an altar just to Hestia. So where I used to like change my one altar, she has a permanent altar for her. 
And even Jesse was like, we can never, we can never not <laughs> have this anymore. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. I was like, was it happenstance? Maybe, but maybe there was a little magic thrown in there for me. Yeah. You know, I, I know like a lot of people just be like, oh, it's coincidence. It is what it is. But you're like, ah, I don't know. Something that I, I think Pam Grossman, who does um, the Witch Wave podcast and is like, great podcast. probably one of the, yeah, probably a great podcast and probably one of the more famous, just like open witches um mm-hmm. in in culture um but something she says all the time is she's like you know people ask me like why I do all of this or whatever and she's like I I wouldn't do it if it didn't work right you know she's like this is like something I've done all my life and if it was consistently not working I would like probably not still be doing it right um and there are just like you know there are coincidences but after a while you're like maybe something else is going on and like for, for maybe sure. you want to ex- maybe you want to explore what that could be I know she works with Hermes a lot, and I'd be curious to start doing that more. Um, but yeah, she famous Jewish. Famous, I Jew- love yes, I love my Jewishes. Like I am drawn to them without even realizing. Um, Gabby Herstick is another one. And talking about, I wanted to mention her because of tarot. So she has this great book, Inner Witch. It's a good book to start with if you're curious about getting into witchcraft. And she, with the way she pulls tarot sometimes is to influence her her clothing choices and her fashion and how she's going to do her makeup that day. And I just think that's a really cool, fun way to approach tarot. Like you can make tarot anything for you. Yeah. So I, I love that idea. And I, I would love to know more about how you just like incorporate some of these like beliefs and practices just into your, your normal, your normal life. Yeah. Well, so like I said, uh, part of, we have, um, a Hestia altar. I will, if I bake something, offer her a little bit. I always have olive oil and salt there and our altar lives in the kitchen. So it's right there. So I can't ignore it. I'm always looking at it. Um, so I love offering her whatever I'm, I've made, uh, during the day. Um, also, you know, some, like I said, I used to do a tarot pull. I love taking baths, ritualistic baths. Oh, me too. Uh, which baby soap is great for that. Um, they have, uh, bath bombs and, uh, body oils and stuff like that, that are intended to help, uh, draw in whatever magic you need for, like the full moon or new moon. I'm more of a, I always thought I'd be more of a full moon person, but I am more of a new moon person. Um, But so, yeah, I love taking baths. It's also a great way for me to reset and be with my thoughts. Um, Sometimes if I'm writing, again, I haven't written in a while, but I will, you know, give a little prayer to whatever, whatever writer God is out there to help facilitate my creativity and sometimes I am inspired by magic in my writing and I'll start writing about a goddess and it'll go from there um so I love doing that little that little kind of stuff sometimes I'll I'll say a little intention in my coffee when I before I drink it that's a really easy one to do is just speak your intentions into whatever into food into your the mirror into your reflection I I think that's a really easy way to bring the practice into your daily life without doing too much because these don't need to be big things right Mm -hmm. 
sometimes they can be, but I think that is what makes a practice hard to approach is when you think you have to set aside an hour and try to, and same with religion. I mean, it's, if you just want to say a little prayer versus going to like a three hour mass or service on, cause Saturday services at synagogue head heads up also three hours. (laughs) Um, and also in a whole other language. Um, and, uh, I could see why that is hard to approach and would make someone not want to do it because it just feels like so much time out of their day. Um, but even if I see like a flower walking, as long as it's not in someone else's yard or a plant that's interested, interesting to me, I will take it home and work with it. Um, I, I've made tinctures before. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's little things that you could do. How about you? What do you do? Yeah. So, um, kind of like you, I, uh, my, uh, getting into sort of the occult was, um, in middle school. So my mom was, I always, always very into the occult in terms of like pop culture. So like I grew up watching like Buffy with her and charmed and all of that stuff. Nice. Um, so like when I was in middle school, like you, like Wicca was the hot thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like I remember reading, like, like me and my friends all read this, like books, this like fictional book series where these, you know, teenagers became Wiccan or whatever and it always see because because Wicca is um it, it's so ritual based yeah and it, it's so um like big uh, I don't mean this I don't mean this in a bad way like kind of like big like performative ways of mm-hmm. worshiping and, and practicing and things like that um and makes you feel like you can't do it alone as well makes you feel like you can't do it alone makes you feel like you have to like buy a bunch of stuff yeah um, and I, that is definitely not, that has never been, I, I've never been probably because the Catholic church has so much ritual. I'm like, I'm ritualed out. Yeah. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to do anything big. And I've, you know, I've been with friends and I've like circled with them at different events and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's not part of what I do. Um, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I, I am definitely just like a, a very small. So like you, Perry, I'm, you know, I cook all the time. So I'm very big into intentions or prayers just like over whatever I'm making. Um, like you said, that is such an easy way to just immediately uh, be in like a spiritual mindset or in a yes. practice based mindset without having to like jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. Um, I um I really only work with the saints, um, with like, you know, within the kind of Catholic pantheon. Um, so I, I have a small altar. I have a, um, I have a statue of Mary there. Um, also because I, I was told that every house needs to have a statue of Mary because Perry, I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, little piece of Catholic, uh, like superstition. Um, but if you supposedly, my mother always told me, if you want good weather, you need to put the statue of Mary in the window. I know that because my mother-in-law would do that before every outdoor party we have. Yep. Yes, it is yeah, it is a thing. I have like been to other people's houses and I see it in the window and I'm like, you didn't want rain. And they're like, we didn't want rain. Um, it and did, I, I spoiler, swear to God, it, it didn't work for my baby shower. <laughs> uh, it, wor- it worked for my wedding. It like I had I had a terrible storm for like every single day on the forecast for like two weeks. And I kept her in the window for like a week and a half. It did not rain on my wedding. You know what? Um, it might have worked for our wedding too, because the day before it was windy and rainy, and then it was gorgeous the next day. Yeah, I, I, I actually—it's a small statue. I take it with me on vacation. 
and I like put oh, it wow. in the window of hotels. That is awesome. It's it it comes with me. I'm like very I'm very committed to this one for little pocket Mary. Yeah, I love it. I mean, right? That's how a lot of r- rituals start. Is yes, precision yep. a little bit. Um. So yep. So I have I have uh, I have a little altar where I have flowers. I have um you know um like rocks and sea glass and things that we've just collected over vacations. Um, I have a statue of St. Jude, who is my personal uh, patron saint. Um, I have uh, mass cards for my parents. Um, and I always keep my, my tarot, uh, you know, my, my card of the week there. Yeah. Um, uh, I also uh, will do baths on occasion, mostly just because I find them super, like just super relaxing. And yes. um, I typically Reset. do, yes, I typically do milk and honey. Okay. Um, in mine, which again is just because it's something that I always have in the house and it's mm-hmm. an easy, you know, I'm, I'm all about not having to buy things Agreed. Uh, for my practice. Like I want to just use, use what I have, um, without the kind of, uh, I, again, talking about sort of like capitalism and, and witchcraft, you could, you know, you go into any store and there are these, you know, witch kits and whatever. I think Sephora in 2018 got oh, like a God, lot of black yes. for it. Um, so, uh, the most I can keep sort of that consumerism out of my own spiritual and practice life is, is what I strive to do. I'm very similar, which is why when I do buy things for my witchcraft, it is to support, which it is trying to Same. support witches, which is why I do love witch baby soap because, and they have, uh, her and Juliet Diaz, who's, um, an indigenous witch, uh, she, they have a great podcast that is uh, about plant-based witchery, um, which is really great, but I feel like, you know, I can support a witch who's like making a living out of this, um, very big online store, but also based in Red Bank and another place in Jersey, which oh, is I didn't also know they fun. Were, I, that now that makes me want to buy from them because yes, I got to support my Jersey witches. Their store is really fun. Even Jesse's gotten stuff from there, but I agree that. And I think there is this narrative of like, you need to buy to have this work for you. And so every real witch will tell you it is not about what you have. It is about your intention. That is the most important part of your practice is your intention. Yes, there are tools that can help facilitate what you want to get out of it. But even if you have none of those tools, if you are just you and your words, that is all you need. Alters, do not need to be these elaborate Instagram looking beauties. You can have the most basic things there. And like I said, I just make sure I have a little bit of olive oil and salt on my off on my altar. And it's just about what you want out of it. And I mean, I feel like, again, that's the same thing with religion and prayer is the idea is that God will feel your true intention. And if you're just saying words, it's not going to do anything. You need to feel it and believe it and have faith in it. Yeah. I always joke that um, I, I'm only interested in like mama magic. Um, okay. So like the, like the type of like, <laughs> like superstitious shit your grandmother would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, which, which is, I mean, it's very true. And again, like you said, you, you think of these sort of old school um uh christian pagan hybrids that so many people's family practice even if they don't identify it as such um you know what we call superstition is is often based in um some sort of practice 
Absolutely. Um, you know, throwing salt over your shoulder, um, putting all of, you know, olive oil on your head to get rid of an evil eye, things like that. Like that is what I'm interested in. Yes. Like we have a, a broom over our door, mm-hmm. yep. which, you know, words off evil spirits. Um, it's funny. So my next door neighbor is actually very witchy too. And I just, she moved in after us and Jesse was very nervous about who was going to be moving in next to us. And I feel so fortunate that I have found such a good friend in my neighbor because mm-hmm. the two of us are just, you know, she she's very uh, kitchen plant-based witchery um, and she's just growing stuff on our deck. And, you know, she makes tinctures and gives them to me. I give her my fire cider. And it's just really cool having that that vibe. I I do feel like once I start getting into it, again and even before that like that ma it's going to be amplified just having that same energy next door yeah and i think when you think of it that way there also comes with it this beautiful community aspect that again is very anti-capitalist um is very uh feminism the way feminism was supposed to work you know what yes. i mean um i you know i love i love baking bread and cookies and things and you know being able to put intention into that and then give them to friends. Um, you know, that's very meaningful to me. And it's it's nothing big, but it's uh, just this kind of way of spreading, whether it's you want to call it magic or good vibes or, you know, positivity or whatever it is um, to the people around you. Right. And I think that even goes into the attri- the tradition of this is a labor of love and, oh, it tastes better because there's love, to ba- love baked into this. And that is a similar pretty, pretty much the same concept. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, there's so many of these things that just already exist in our culture and we just don't, we don't name them as, as magic, but you can call them whatever you want. Right. And I think all that being a witch is, is identifying that and again, making it, making it more intentional, uh, but anyone can have a practice. And I, I think that it should be, more approachable. And I do think that's something that like quote unquote baby witches have issues with is, oh, it needs to look a certain way. I need to do things perfectly Mm -hmm. and I need to follow this to the T. And that's why I I feel like some of, you know, and I do want to see if you have any books that you recommend, because I do think things like Inner Witch by Gabby Herstick, like uh, the Altar Within by Julia Diaz. Um, they have, you know, the Green Witch, who I forget wrote that. Like, but those little, uh, hard cover books that just. Oh, I have that one. Yeah, yeah, it's good. They have like a kitchen one too, I think, and it just, it's a good jumping off point. But all of these people will encourage you to make your own from these suggestions and to take what works for you and leave what doesn't. And that's why much like yoga, that is why this is called a practice because Mm -hmm. you are constantly seeing what works and changing things and something that might work for one person might not work for another. And I know they talk about that a lot on the elder hour podcast that plant podcast I had mentioned earlier, where sometimes these plants work really well for people and other times, like it will have the complete opposite effect. And that's why it's really important to keep a witch journal too. Um, because, you know, again, you need to see how these things work for you. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, like we've kind of said already, when you read some of these, anything that you read that tells you you need to buy a bunch of stuff is not, not for you. It's bullshit. Right. Um, and I do think that some of these, um, these better books and, and podcasts will, uh, definitely play that up and it is your practice. It is whatever it looks like to you. And maybe it does look super elaborate for you and that's also totally fine. Um, but it does not have to. Agreed. So what is, what is some media you would recommend for people who are interested in getting into a witch practice? Yeah. So I, um, I think the both of us listened to the witch wave with Pan Grossman, um, which is really interesting. She interviews a ton of people from every kind of magical walk of life, um, including some people who don't consider themselves witches, um, who don't use that term, but are, are still kind of living, uh, living in this practice space, um, which I really love. Um, I also, I do have a, I have a couple books, um, so I I love Witches of America by Alex Marr, which is kind of controversial within the pagan witchy space. Um, mm-hmm. it, have you ever read it, Perry? I haven't. It's on my list, though. Okay, so it is basically this um, this woman who comes from a uh, I think like a Catholic background, but again, like a kind of a cultural, like not not a super religious person, um, who kind of falls into this like world of paganism in the United States and travels around and tries to learn about all of, you know, uh, everything from like Wicca to fairy to golden dawn, like all of the different, um, kind of subgroups of, of witches that exist in the U S and I find it fascinating. I know there are some, uh, people who don't like the way she portrayed everything in that book. Um, so I, you know, I'm not part of any of these groups, so I can't speak to that. Um, I think, I, I think it's really interesting because she comes to it from someone who is clearly very interested in these things and is open to learning about them, but does have a little bit of skepticism, which I think is really relatable. Okay. <laughs> um, in, in the space. Um, so, you know, I guess read it, read it your own risk. It's something I really like. Um, New World Witchery by Chorus Thomas Hutchison is a book that I love. It very specifically focuses on North American folk magic. Interesting. Um, so it's like, it's a lot of just like history mixed in with practice ideas. But for someone like me who is super into um, like little magic, folk magic, kitchen magic, mama magic, like <laughs> it, it's it's stuff like that. Um, so I I really love it. Um, and then um, I guess to get to give you one uh, not not specifically uh witchcraft book but it is it is actually a um uh it's a it's a christian book that pagans love uh is uh revelations of divine love which is the accounts of christian mystic julian of norwich um Interesting. there are a couple of uh, female christian mystics that are like beloved within pagan circles so okay julian of norwich like hildegard of bingham um and it's because they are uh, Julian of Norwich had a was she like was super sick with like the plague or something like that I was on the you know the brink of death and had uh 16 like very um uh, uh she she had 16 showings of, of Jesus he he came to her 16 times and it is a um a very radical book uh, it, it okay. is, um, he, you know, comes to her and tells her to refer to him and God as a mother, um, 
it is uh he uh she I believe was I don't know if she was the first but she um her vision seemed to promote the idea of universal salvation where like there is no hell um which is very mm. obviously radical within Christian yeah. circles um it is you know it it is super feminine based um and it's just it's a really really lovely book like I would be reading it and would just like start crying randomly because oh, like wow. it, it's just like it it feels it feels very it was a book that I wish someone had given to me when I was younger because it was like everything I don't like about Catholicism she says the opposite in this book that's really cool um and so it's like I know that uh I don't know if you've ever been or follow Catlin books in Brooklyn or have ever been there mm -hmm. um but she actually promote the or, or the the I'm sorry the person they the person who who runs the shop um or whoever does their instagram promotes this book all the time on their instagram okay um so i was like okay so this is a this is a, a pagan and a catholic approved book i love that i would check that out i i have a copy if you ever want to borrow it it's not super long um and it's very very accessible i i've read some other writings by like christian mystics and a lot of it goes over my head yeah, I agree with like the whole Jewish mysticism thing that as well. Like I remember when Kabbalah was like a big thing because of freaking like Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> and Ashton Kutcher. Um, I remember wanting to be interested and never really got it. But talk about cultural appropriation. I was going to say because um, Madonna, Madonna is not Jewish, no, right? Okay. No. Um, and none of the people who were doing it if I recall, are. And then then you get into that that weird gray area of like, even if you're technically Jewish, is it cultural appropriation if you're not coming at it from a certain angle? Like, I know I yeah. have Indian friends who feel that way about yoga of like, okay, technically I'm Indian, but I don't feel like I have more of a, uh, you know, an okay, like I'm also coming at it from a culturally appropriating angle because I'm doing Western yoga mm -hmm. and like I'm not internalizing this as like a religious thing. So yeah, that whole thing is a very interesting and a topic for another day as well. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I recommended Inner Witch by Gabby Herstick. She is very into like sex magic and um. She worships Venus, which that aspect I'm not into. She's very fun to follow, but like that's definitely just not my angle. But her inner witch uh, book is more generalized and just is a good introduction. Um, again, I accidentally follow all of these Jew witches. There is also <laughs> an amazing person who does a Jew witch podcast, which is specifically about the intersectionality of being Jewish. She's very religious and uh witch witchcraft oh that's um, interesting hi she goes by z i believe she's posted her name a couple of times but i will choose not to say it because i think she prefers to try to stay a little more private but she is a wealth of information uh and her podcasts are like pretty short again we both recommended the witch wave podcast by pam grossman she is wonderful beautiful uh voice to listen to as mm -hmm. well has great guests um, Moonbeaming by Sarah Faith Godestiner. She, again, another Jewish. Um, she focuses more on tarot and the moon phases, but really awesome. She also has every year the cult followed uh, Many Moons Lunar Planner, which is 
definitely a bit of a dime to drop, but it is an amazing planner if you have the money for it and you want to be guided a little more in your practice by like a more day-to-day aspect or a month-to-month aspect even. And again, you're supporting uh, a witch. So it's a little it's a little different when you are paying for their their life um and uh like their you know their living um and again Julia Diaz uh she has the altar within she has witchery um and she is very again she's an indigenous indigenous witch so she's very good at calling out uh you know the cultural appropriation of different traditions uh like you know <laughs> burning sage is obviously there's there's burning sage versus smudging and smudging is a big no-no and I am shocked by the amount of people I still see using that term when I'm like I just feel like you should know better and no one has an issue with you saying cleansing so why are we still using smudging yeah please don't use the term smudging I, I don't know about you I actually try not to use sage at all same uh, um, you, you can do the same thing with rosemary and yes. I think it smells better. Also, yeah, there are plenty and, you know, look it up because there are plenty of different kinds of cleansing, um, things you can use. I know orange peels is one and mm-hmm. lemon, and they each have a different type of cleansing aspect, I believe. Um, the big issue with sage that Sean and I are referring to, aside from the fact that it is, uh, usually an indigenous cultural practice is it's also uh, not it's over harvested. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to, and same with Palo Santo. So if you are going to use either of those things, make sure you are sourcing it from somewhere who has respectful practices of the earth. And they, they, it is possible to find. It's just there are other things out there to use. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, also, I just don't want smoke in my house anymore. Um, <laughs> yep, I get that. Which that's been a whole other thing to deal with with the baby is I'm such a candle lighter and incense burner. And I don't want to fuck up her lungs at an early age. So trying to balance that has been interesting. Um same with essential oils, like not great for babies or cats, apparently, for that matter, yeah. especially lavender. Um, and I love lavender. So I've been trying to figure that one out. Uh, TBD if I do. I think it's just finding cleaner burning candles will be mm-hmm. the more important thing. And wait until she's a little older and her lungs aren't as uh, sensitive. Yeah, she's like a little, little baby she's now. Little, I think by like another year, you should be okay. Exactly. Plus, I'm going to get like a air filter. So it'll make me feel better about that. Um, but yeah, those are those are my recommendations. Um, Sean, anything else before we wrap up your, you know, where we can find you and everything like that? Um, no, but I, I can tell everyone where they can find me. Yes, um, please do. So my personal Instagram is um, at Shawnee Fitz, S-H-A-U-N-Y-F-I-T-Z. Um, so you can find just general personal stuff as re- well as all of my um, writing publications there. Um, and then, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I am the co-host of the Watcher Harry podcast. Uh, if you are interested in um, uh, Harry Potter in general and also kind of navigating being a fan in the world we live in now where JK Rowling is the worst person in the world. <laughs> um uh you can check that out. You can find us on Spotify or Apple Pod. 
Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at Watcher Harry Podcast, W O T C H E R H A R R Y P O D C A S T. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Sean's writing is really fun. There's a lot of uh, magical fantasy elements to it, uh, fairy tales. Uh, it's just, it's a good time. I definitely recommend checking her out. Uh, and she, you've been slamming them out, girl. <laughs> yeah, I started, uh, I, during the pandemic when I had nothing else to do, um, I started getting into write, uh, getting back into, uh, writing fiction more consistently. So yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, happy with my output the last couple of years. Uh, hopefully I've been working on a novel. So hopefully that will come of something in the year ahead. Very cool. And you definitely have a way with words. I'm so excited to see what else you end up writing. And oh, thank I'm, you. I'm definitely waiting for that novel. <laughs> well, thank so, you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you for being on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And yeah, have a great whatever's coming up next. I guess your wedding anniversary. My wedding anniversary. Yes, I will have a so. wonderful wedding anniversary <laughs> and, uh, and uh, cr- a wonderful Krampus night to everyone. Yes, Krampus night. That's right. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks.